0: Welcome to this state championship preview edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. Our sixty-eighth podcast, Rebecca. That's not exactly a significant number, but
1: No, but it's getting very close to one.
0: Yes, it is. I'm Bruce Monin, your host, broadcasting from our studio in the heart of Minster, Ohio. I'm not sure why where I live is the heart of town, but we're going with it.
1: It's it's really not, unless you're talking about the spiritual heart. Well, that's not it either. The um Sort statistics heart of Minster.
0: We'll go with that. The statistical heart of Minster, Ohio. Here we go. <laughs> I guess. And you hear her checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of the nine and three and now coachless Cincinnati Bearcats. it a our, rough week. It's been a rough week indeed. It's our co host, executive producer, and of course, chief researcher, Rebecca Monin.
1: <laughs> Always happy to be here.
0: Last weekend our normally beloved Bearcats lost to number nineteen Tulane, who is now ten and two on a late fourth quarter Tulane touchdown drive, and then the thanks to a collapse by what had been the stout Bearcat defense all game. Don't know what happened at the end.
1: I didn't watch it. I, (laughs) I figured it wasn't gonna be a fun time. I think I was right.
0: And then in typical Cincinnati fandom fashion they had a chance to sneak into the conference championship game all they needed was for 1 in 10 South Florida to beat Central Florida after Central Florida out. after Central Florida took a 28 to nothing lead as you would expect yeah South Florida came back and took a lead with about 4 minutes left in the game and then we covered did. a fumble so they had the ball and the lead and for some reason as a 1-10 team, they decided to go conservative, run the ball up the middle three times for two yards, and then punt and give the ball back to Central Florida, who drove down for the winning touchdown and destroyed all of our hopes once again.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: Yeah, it, it felt pretty normal, yeah. <laughs> and of course, then we find out a day afterwards that the head coach is leaving to go to Wisconsin so he can coach against those Buckeyes every year. Don't know who I'll be rooting for in those games, to be honest. Wisconsin. Really? I'm not so sure. Probably. But <laughs> when someone leaves you voluntarily, it's kind of hard to root for them afterwards, you know?
1: Yeah, <laughs> but they've got a catchy theme song.
0: I do like their uh, their uh, song. On Wisconsin song, yes. So anyway, back to high school football, back to brighter and happier things. Let's talk about how well we did last week, Rebecca.
1: Sure, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good.
0: Yeah, we predicted 14 games last week, all 14 state semifinals. We will say that the Harbin points were the baseline we'll go with, right? And the Harbin points, the team with higher points won 10 of the 14 games, went 10 and 4, so pretty good. Last week, for some reason, both of the computer point systems, CalPreps and Drew Pasteur, agreed on every game kind of boring actually. I like it when there's a little fight between the computers.
1: I mean, yeah, but it gives you a little bit more faith in the outcomes.
0: Yeah. They both went 11 and 3. Now, Rebecca and I I didn't catch it during the podcast, but when I look back later, we actually agreed on every game. That has never happened Rebecca.
1: The two of us, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And we also went current. 11 and well, We also went 11 and 3, right?
1: Which is interesting, considering there's definitely a couple I went away from the computers from.
0: Yeah, there were two such games. One was Cincinnati-Wyoming came through for us against the computers. But unfortunately, Liberty Center did not. We, mm. we, they, they they lost big time. And our upset pick did not come true on that one. And our guest, Coach Scott Thompson, he had a tougher week. He went 9-5. and five. You know what was nice, Rebecca? All three of us started a little rough, but went 6-0 and on the Saturday game. So we finished strong.
1: Is that all the small schools or all the big
0: schools? That would have been divisions 4, 6, and 7. So mostly small schools. Okay. So maybe gotcha. teams we know a little more about, huh? Maybe?
1: <laughs> we got the Liberty Center one wrong, though, and they'd be in that division.
0: No, they are in Division 5.
1: Oh, okay. Cool.
0: Now, just as last week, we needed some help to get a little knowledge of these teams. We have brought in a guest again this week, and our guest is longtime football official Paul Wingelwich. So welcome to the show, Paul. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Our tradition is when we bring in a guest, we like to hear a little bit about their playing and usually coaching career. In this case, it would be playing and officiating career. So can you fill us in a little bit? Oh,
2: sure. I uh, graduated from New Bremen High School, who the Cardinals are going to play for a state championship this weekend. So I played four years at New Bremen.
0: So can we I, pencil in that pick already?
2: Well, maybe not yet. <laughs> then I went to Ohio State and how I got into officiating is kind of a little ironic story. I was Going to be a, uh, or wanted to take a coaching class. I had a little time before a class. So one of my friends said, Follow me. Lo and behold, it was an officiating class. (laughs) And that's how I got started. And uh, this is so it was a basketball officiating class. And this year will be my 35th year of officiating basketball and 28th year officiating football. And ironic that Bruce Mauer and Bo Rugg were the instructors who were very big in the Ohio High School Athletic Association. So that's what my football career took, or a fishing career took me, or how I got started.
0: I don't know if Rebecca remembers, we had Bo Rugg on as a guest once, a couple, two, three years ago.
1: My memory is not that good. (laughs) I trust you implicitly on that one.
0: All right. <laughs> so Paul, I believe you've been you said 28 years of football officiating. If I remember right, that includes a little college officiating too, does it not? Uh, that
2: is correct. Yeah, I started out at uh, Division 3 and then I moved up to Division 2 and now I work in Division 1 in the Missouri Valley Conference. People ask who's in the Missouri Valley Conference? Well, the the big school is North Dakota State. They win the FCS almost every other year. So they're in the, they're in the playoffs now. And so you got the, the Dakotas, North and South Dakotas in the states, Iowa or Northern Iowa. A lot of schools in Illinois. The closest one to us here is, would be Indiana State in Terre Haute or Youngstown State in Youngstown. So I've been doing that, I think, for this is my fifth year in, in that league. So I, I've i been out of high school for now about five years. All right. The reason is we have to travel on Friday, and obviously you can't be two places at one time.
0: Oh, back when you were doing high school games, I was wondering how far did you make it up? Did you make it to – I know when it gets to playoff time, it kind of gets to a, a little bit seniority and a little bit – Officials get rated as how they move on to later games. Did you ever make it up to a state championship type game? Uh,
2: yeah, I have. I was trying to recall. I know I did four. I thought I did five state titles. I was just one on my wall here is 2002. It so it's it's been a while. I think that was my second one. I think I had one before that. But uh, I believe it was five state titles I did. But just the experience and, and uh, probably learning and, and making friends is the biggest thing that that you take away from that. You know, over those 28 years, let's just say in the, at the varsity level, I probably have officiated maybe 250 varsity games and then many other sub-varsity games, the junior highs and the junior varsities. So, I've, I've, yeah, I'm probably pushing 300 at least in my career.
0: I imagine you kind of watch those games from a different perspective than most fans do, but do any of those games kind of stand out in your memory? Oh, well,
2: yeah. I mean, yeah, they stand out, I guess. But some ironic ones that people brought to my attention, I I refereed this uh, quarterback who just retired from the NFL, his last high school football game, Ben Roethlisberger. They got I don't know exactly who they played, what round of the playoff they got beat. So that was his end of his career refereed Maurice Claret when he was at Warren Harding. So yeah, there's quite a few big names. I mean, I should probably wrote
0: those down as I went, but you know, I really didn't. So it sounds like it's more the, the people and the players that stands out more than the, the teams or the game results.
2: Well, I guess to answer your question or be better at your question, no, there's some there's some really, really good games that that you know you officiate. You know, over the years it just seems like especially over here in the in the WBL, the Western Buckeye League Conference, or or even in the Mac, you know, there's a lot of good games that that I've officiated and, and pretty memorable. I couldn't tell you the year or, or the score, but yeah, they were fun.
0: All right. So we're going to try to call upon your experience of all these games you've seen through the years and all the programs you've seen. And we're going to use that when we for predicting our games here this week. But first, Rebecca, Mm -hmm. it's time that we hit our
1: scores of the week. I'm excited and ready for them. I have a couple hints as to what's coming.
0: I looked at the 14 state semifinal games and there were four that jumped out at me that were score of the week worthy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And we will start with the larger schools and work our way down as we tend to do here. Mm -hmm.
1: Sounds like a good plan to me.
0: Our first score, Springfield 28, Archbishop Moeller 24 in division one, a bit of an upset there. I know our boys that own Bud's pizza and Minster are not happy right now. They, they, their mighty men of Mo went down to Springfield. <laughs> Moeller actually led 21 to 14 early in the third quarter of this game. Springfield tied it up late in the third. Then Moeller hit a 42 yard field goal to take a 24 21 lead. I love those long field goals, Rebecca.
1: You sure do, especially in high school.
0: Oh, speaking of which. Oh, okay. I was watching the Baltimore Ravens game yesterday against the the Jaguars, I think. But anyway, the Ravens fell behind by a point really late in the game, got the ball back, tried a 67-yard field goal for the win, which would have been an NFL record. The kick was was true. It was perfectly right down the middle, but it fell about five yards short. (laughs) But considering that kicker already held the NFL record, there was a chance.
1: There was a chance.
0: But back to this game, with 4:13 left, the Springfield quarterback Bryce Chondelmeyer, who by the way transferred from Arcanum this year, the family moved to Springfield so he could play for Springfield this year.
1: Seems like a good move for his career.
0: It, he's been impressive there. He hit a he hit receiver Anthony Brown for a 48-yard touchdown for the win. Good, exciting Division I game. Moving down to Division Two, And if I find this interesting. Of our top games in the state last week, two of the four were played in Wapakoneta. Oh,
1: okay. Friday and Saturday, I would assume.
0: That is right. The Friday game was Toledo Central Catholic beating Kings Mills Kings 52-49. to
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. Tight game, high score.
0: That's over a thousand yards and over a hundred uh, points in this game.:
1: A thousand yards.
0: The Kings. What's the quarter-
1: average, like 300, 400 per team?:
0: Yeah, usually into 300 somewhere is, is pretty standard.
1: Goodness gracious.
0: The uh, King's Mills King's quarterback, Will Coker, threw for 567 yards himself in the loss including he hit a 50-yard touchdown pass with 4.27 left in the game so they could take a 49-45 lead. On the following drive, Toledo Central Catholic's running back was stopped on fourth and one, but someone tackled his face mask and gave them the automatic first down on the penalty. That running back, Chris Edmonds, later scored on a five-yard run with 28 seconds left for the win.
1: What a game. I do have to say I knew about this one because either I've been Googling or my phone's been listening to me podcast because it recommended an article to me about this game on Facebook.
0: (laughs) It's kind of scary how those phones listen to you, isn't it? A little bit.
1: (laughs) The picture on the header of the article was a very sad-looking Kings Mills Kings player on the the football field. so.
0: So it sounds like you may have received the Cincinnati Inquirer Version of the game there, huh?
1: Probably, yeah. Most likely. That would make a lot of sense.
0: Speaking of Cincinnati, our third game is in Division 4. It was a great upset victory for Rebecca and I. Cincinnati-Wyoming 32, Steubenville 20. So it doesn't sound like that close of a game. But we were actually in Wyoming on Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm saw the headlines that Wyoming was going to have a police escort out of town on their way to Columbus for the game. They played it at historic Crew Stadium, which must be all of 20 some years old. Uh, (laughs) I've heard the only thing historic is they brought in used artificial turf to put on top of the grass, and it's not very good, supposedly. I heard it might have been. That that seems like an odd choice. I heard it may have been the old Pittsburgh Steelers artificial turf from Three Rivers Stadium back before they built their new stadium decades ago.
1: Someone just kept the turf in their closet, ready to go for a rainy day.
0: That is all unconfirmed internet gossip, by the way. Okay. But anyway, Wyoming kicked two field goals early in the game, one of which hit the upright and bounced through. I think I like that even more than a long field goal, Rebecca, is a bounce through field goal.
1: (laughs) They are pretty exciting.
0: And Wyoming led 13-7 at the half. They expanded the lead up to 19-7, to then Steubenville got to work, scored two touchdowns. The second one was a 70-yard run to take a 20-19 lead. Wyoming had a fourth down come up, tried a fake punt, which failed. So Steubenville had the ball. They drove towards the probable winning score, but then fumbled the ball at the Wyoming 16-yard line. Wyoming then had their own touchdown drive, culminated with a four-yard touchdown run of a minute 50 left to take a 25-20 lead. And shortly thereafter, they had a pick-six interception with 54 seconds left to give them the final score. And supposedly, according to my daughter's local Wyoming people's, I don't know, Facebook chat. It's a Facebook group one of the wyoming coaches tore his achilles jumping for joy on that interception play so there was a request for one of those little scooter carts for the coach to use afterwards from the from their friends in wyoming so
1: you must have really liked this game cuz you gave it the whole game to us right there
0: <laughs> i found it enjoyable myself
1: oh it looks like a heck of a game but we don't normally cover every play <laughs>
0: Well, there's fewer games now. We can give them a little more individual sure. attention, right? Besides, I like that part about the coach injuring himself on the uh, the jump for joy. That's I
1: right. mean, it's a terrible thing to have happened,
0: but I'm trying to think. Overall,
1: that... overall, they seem pretty happy about it.
0: In another NFL reference, I believe it was the Chicago Bears this weekend. Their starting quarterback, a former Ohio State guy, was out injured, and the backup quarterback hurt himself in pregame warm-ups. I'm not sure how you do that, to be honest.
1: You don't stretch very well.
0: I guess. <laughs> not sure what he did. But anyway, he was out. So they had to go to their third-string quarterback. And I'm. it did not appear that it went well for them. And finally, in Division 7, it's Paul Wingelwich's New Bremen Cardinals beating Lima Central Catholic 42-34. to
1: Good show. Good show
0: actually listened to part of this on the radio. I listened to the Marion local game first until they put away Columbus Grove, then switched over to the new Bremen game. It took Marion local a while, by the way, Rebecca.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad Columbus Grove had a good outing.
0: I think it was seven to nothing at the half. If I remember right.
1: Wow. That's pretty impressive.
0: But back to the new Bremen game, they didn't quite make it to a thousand yards, only 998 total <laughs> yards in this game. Shame. We mentioned last week these two teams played in the 2020 state semifinals. In that game, Lima Central Catholic dominated the first half but didn't have much of a lead, and that kind of repeated here. LCC dominated the first half again, had a 21-6 lead at one point. New Bremen closed it down before half. They took the lead in the third quarter. LCC retook the lead back in the third quarter at 28-22. And then New Bremen scored the final 20 points of the game. I, I <laughs> thought they wore them down in 2020, and I think that maybe they wore them down again this year. So that's our scores of the week. A quick reminder that if you go to my webpage, just type in ComputerPoints.com. you'll see we're still calculating the Harbin computer points for these teams. Most of the teams make it to the state title game have like, the most computer points of anyone. Yeah, way
1: more than everyone else yeah
0: you know those five game winning streaks at the end of the season tend to do that
1: the second level points for uh semi-final playoff teams are probably real high as well
0: they are up there that's for sure <laughs> but fun stuff to see there if you ever feel like checking it out so now we will allow paul to speak again <laughs> we <weren't> stopping <laughs> before <laughs>
1: That wasn't the phrase the
0: best. <laughs> and we will briefly preview each of the seven state championship games. Now of those seven games, only two have teams from our West central Ohio coverage area. So Rebecca and I will be very familiar with those teams. Little iffy on the rest, but we'll We've give it a shot. We've been talking about anyway. them
1: for three weeks now. We should know them. Okay.
0: Yes, we should. All we're going to give you first crack at all these games. <laughs> Okay. so we can benefit (laughs) from your knowledge before we have to make our picks. We'll start with Division one and I'll give all the relevant facts I've found on this game. First, we have Lakewood St. Edward 14 and one against Springfield 13 and one. St. Edward currently has one percent more computer points, so that one's pretty darn close. (laughs) Not terribly helpful. By the way, both the computers are going to agree on all seven of these games this week, but we'll give you the different point differentials. The Fantastic 50 likes St. Edwards by nine points. Hal Preps only likes St. Edwards by four points, 24 to 20. These teams have no common opponents, but Springfield was supposed to play St. Ignatius in week one, and for some reason that game got canceled. So we lost a chance to have a good common opponent to compare these two teams with. This is a rematch of last year's state final, which was won by St. Edward's 23-13. to All right, Paul, can you fill us in if any knowledge on this game?
2: No, I really don't have any knowledge on that. Although Springfield, they've been playing well the last several years I've been following. I'm going to just go with St. Ed's. I just think they've been there enough times. They, they can maybe finish it another year.
0: I'm leaning the same way. I, to, St. Ed seems to have the advantage on both sides of the line of scrimmage from what I've been reading. And I'm guessing they're going to put a little pressure on Springfield quarterback Shondelmeyer. Maybe he's used to that from his days at Arcanum. I'm not sure. But I think I like St. Ed's in this game myself.
1: I'm going to go with Springfield, partly to be contrarian, partly because they beat Moeller and that's, that's hard to do.
0: Yeah. That is hard. Mo- Moeller was one of the favorites preseason to win it all. That's for sure.
1: Mostly. I think they're hungry for a win after that uh,
0: defeat last year. And I'm just going to toss in just a story that I've probably mentioned a few times on here before. Uh, Springfield coach Maurice Douglas used to be in the NFL for the Chicago bears. And you notice wherever he goes, good football players seem to move into his school district to play. There's a reason for that. He is quite the persuasive man. He had me considering when I was student teaching at Trotwood for three months, he had me considering being the stats guy for Trotwood and driving down all that way every Friday to do it. I didn't consider it for too long, but he was a pretty persuasive guy, I tell you. That is
1: pretty impressive.
0: Fortunately, someone at Minster asked me to do the same thing about a year later, and the rest is history. It's
1: a lot easier when you can walk to the games.
0: Or take my bicycle, usually. Especially now to have that nice (laughs) e-bike.
1: Yeah, It's real easy when you don't even have to pedal.
0: And by the way, before anyone thinks I'm a total lazy dude... (laughs) I do have over 1,350 miles on an actual pedal bicycle this year. So I do get a little exercise occasionally.
1: Yeah. The e-bikes just for the days when you need the little extra oomph to get to the donut shop. What is that? 20 miles away? That's not 20, 20 miles round.
0: Depends on which donut shop, but yeah, it can be. That's true. I'm thinking it's more for when, now that the new Taco Bell is open in New Bremen, in case I need <laughs> something for lunch, I can take the e-bike down there in the middle of winter. And it won't be so tough. So.
1: In the winter, you're gonna leave your house to go get Taco Bell on a bicycle.
0: I'll need to get food somewhere, especially that
1: is true. That is true.
0: My better half is leaving me alone here for two and a half weeks in January. You better believe the e bikes coming out once or twice. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving to division two. And I think our theme for this year is going to be boy, we've heard of all these teams in the state championship game before.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely.
0: So, Division Two, we have Akron, Archbishop Hoban at 14 and one, playing 14 and one Toledo Central Catholic. Um, And we'll get to this later, but what's interesting is that one for both teams is Lakewood St. Edward.
1: Oh, (laughs) yeah, that makes sense. It's an interesting coincidence.
0: When we look at the computer points, Hoban has less than 1% more computer points than Toledo Central Catholic. Practically a toss-up there. Drew Pasteur's Fantastic 50 doesn't think it's as much of a toss-up. It likes Hoban by 8 points. Cal Preps also likes Hoban by 8 points and predicts a 35-27 to score. As I mentioned, both teams played Lakewood St. Edward. Toledo Central Catholic lost by 3 points in Week 1. Hoban lost by 21 points in week 10. Oh, But again, you remember what I think about week 10 games, Rebecca? Not,
1: not much at all.
0: Nope, I don't put a lot of stock in those these days. Kind of like in the NFL when a team's already in the playoffs and you see the starting quarterback plays one series and then sits out the rest of the game. Just don't trust those last games of the regular season. Um, these two teams had one other common opponent. They both played Cleveland Benedictine. Aledo Central Catholic won that game by 31 points in week two. Hoban won by 41 in week nine. Again, I don't know if that tells us a whole lot. And we have another state title game rematch here, although this rematch is from 2015 Hmm. when both teams were in the division three title game and Hoban won that 33 to 20. So I don't know if revengeance holds seven years later. Revengeance. I don't.
1: No, I, yeah, both the statement and the word choice, I I don't fully trust
0: there. Once again, we give Paul first crack at this one.
1: Yeah,
2: both these teams have story programs, very, very, very good coaches, very just good teams. I, last time I was at Toledo Central Catholic, the quarterback was Deshaun Kaiser. I
0: remember him. Yep. Remember him.
2: Yep. I think this is a toss-up, but I'm I'm just going to lean towards Toledo Central Catholic. I'm going to lean that way. I don't know why, but I'm just going to go with Central Catholic.
0: When I did my personal research, I I noted what jumped out at me is Hoban has a running back named Lamar Sperling. Ran the ball 377 times this year for 3,626 yards, which is second in Ohio high school football history. And he scored 55 touchdowns, which is a state record. Wow. Now, what I note about Toledo Central Catholic is they seem to have a big, tough offensive and defensive line. So maybe they're the team that could actually uh, stop this sort of running game. So I think this could be a very interesting game also. Again, I think Toledo Central Catholic can stop this running back, but I refuse to bet on it. I'm (laughs)
1: I'm
0: taking Hoban. Yeah, I think I'm rooting for Toledo Central Catholic, though.
1: I'm going to go Hoban as well. I have a, I don't have a definable reason, but I feel like we've talked about them a lot in a very, very flattering way. So,
0: it's possible if you look that. at the last five years, at least maybe ten, that they've been the best football team in the state of Ohio. Would that sound about right to you, Paul?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I agree with that statement. <laughs>
0: Okay, moving to Division Three. Maybe slightly less well known teams to most in the listening area here. We have Bloom Carroll, who is the fifth seed in their region, 14 and one. They are up against Canfield, who is 13 and one. Bloom Carroll actually has 1% more computer points. Fantastic 50 doesn't care, it likes Canfield by 10 points. Cal Preps likes Canfield by six points for about a 27-21 victory. Absolutely no common opponents again, which tends to happen at state championship game time. Would you happen to know anything about these teams, Paul? I have no idea. Dang, neither do I. (laughs) No idea.
1: Bloom Carroll is in the town of Carroll in the Bloom Township.
0: That's usually That's the way time. those two name teams schools work. It's usually one's the town and one's the township.
1: They're the Bulldogs, and their colors are purple and gold.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of purple teams.
1: I kind of like them.
0: At least it's purple and gold. It's not like purple and orange or something weird like that.
1: Oh, I mean, gold and orange are kind of similar when you don't have a great budget. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Canfield by the we way they're
1: up the last time
0: later on we're going to have another team playing in the state title Canfield South Range those two mm-hmm. schools are only 6 miles apart so probably some excitement around there for state championship weekend i would think
1: oh i'm sure yeah it's a great time to live on the pennsylvania
0: border so you got to take a pass or are you going to take a 50-50 guess on this one paul
2: i'll flip a coin and say canfield no, no idea. No idea. Never had either of these teams. <laughs> we'll say Canfield.
0: Well, when you flip a coin, going with the team that computers like isn't a bad option.
1: It's a pretty good one. Yeah, their record's overall better than most.
0: Again, my limited research says Can- or Bloom-Carroll feels like more of a run-only type team. Canfield seems like more of a run or throw, whichever the defense gives them. So I'm leaning Canfield just based on that
1: i'll go for bloom then
0: <laughs> you're like Get kirk a bit Herbstreit. of
1: divisiveness
0: have you ever if you ever watch college game day which i'm sure rebecca mm-hmm. does not
1: just the one time they were at uc
0: sometimes when they make their picks and they all agree poor kirk curb street sits on the end and they tell him he has to take one for the team someone has to pick the other team <laughs> <laughs> and that's rebecca she's our kirk curb street
1: i like picking underdogs and it's boring if we all say the same thing.
0: That is true. Moving to Division 4, we have an interesting matchup, in my opinion. We have Cleveland-Glenville, who's undefeated at 14-0. I believe they missed one game when there was a Cleveland teacher strike earlier in the year.
1: Uh, yeah, that'll do it.
0: Glenville is not the most popular team on the Internet because, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, they're kind of drawing football players from a Division II area, but because there's this little non foot, non sports playing school that takes a bunch of the students away, they officially clock in as a Division IV team. They are playing Cincinnati, Wyoming, home of our grandson, Jack, or not ours, my grandson. Not ours. <laughs> my grandson, Jack Trumbull, all of a month and a half or so of age.
1: A month I probably and 10 should know. Note-
0: I should probably know when he was born, but, you know, I'll remember it next year sometime.
1: Either the 18th or the 16th. I think it was the 16th.
0: I hear from the front room of the house, I hear October 18th yelled out, Grandma always knows.
1: <laughs> it was the 18th.
0: Cincinnati, Wyoming undefeated 15-0, and 0, and as we've often mentioned, the longest regular season win streak in the state. Glenville has 23% more computer points. That's a lot different from that 1% or less that we've heard in the first couple of games. Fantastic 50 likes Glenville by 10 points. CalPreps likes Glenville by 11 points, predicts a 28-17 game. Oh, no. And once again, no common opponents. Rebecca's not happy that the school of her favorite coffee shop is a big underdog.
1: That's accurate, yes. gonna have to pick against them Hmm.
0: well let's let's see maybe we'll learn something new before it's your turn to pick what's your hunch on this one paul
2: coach gin just brings in athletes and a bunch of them (laughs) i'm going with glenville
0: you're not going to fight the athletes huh
2: no i wouldn't fight the athletes no they're they're he's been what he's been at the dance he's been to the dance a lot of times, so.
0: I'm going to go with Glenville. Seems like he not only brings in the athletes, but he knows how to coach them too.
2: Yeah, that's definitely for sure.
0: Uh, Did a little looking. Glenville averaged 47 points a game in the playoffs so far. Whereas Wyoming is giving up 5.4 points a game. So something has to give there. But they did just give up 20 points to Steubenville last week. So I'm doing my thing again. I'm rooting for Wyoming but if I was actually a betting man with money on the line, I'd have to go with Glenville.
1: So are you a betting man today?
0: I never bet. Well, I do occasionally put a little money on the Chuck-a-Luck Wheel at Oktoberfest, but that's mainly just to donate to the athletic boosters, but I'm picking Glenville.
1: <laughs> I am as well. Yeah, it it hurts me on the inside to not pick Wyoming, but i, I don't I don't think they've got this one.
0: So it's unanimous for Glenville in Division 4. In Division 5, we have undefeated 15-0 Ironton, another classic power in the state, up against that other Canfield team, South Range, who's 15-0. So another game of undefeated teams here. Ironton has 7% more computer points, but Fantastic 50 likes South Range by 15 points. I think that computer is impressed with South Range's, uh, I believe it was 35 to nothing win over Liberty Center last week. Cal Preps like South Range by seven points, 28 to 21. These teams have no common opponents. You know anything about either one of them, Paul? I'm guessing South Range isn't a place you've been to too often. I've never been there, Bruce. Uh had Ironton
2: many, many years ago in the playoffs. They beat uh, Valley View last week, Germantown Valley View, where my natural father was from. I'm just going to take Ironton for no reason. Just thought if they beat the Spartans of Germantown Valley View,
0: I might as well go with Ironton. It takes a little something to beat Valley View, that's for sure. For us UC fans, Ironton actually has a player going to Wisconsin where Coach Luke Fickle was going to. And two players going to Cincinnati, at least maybe they were. Maybe now they're going to Wisconsin also. Who knows? But boy, South Range has been my favorite since the start of the season, and anyone that could put the wall up on Liberty Center like that convinces me, so I have to go with South Range.
1: I'm picking Canfield for their good showing against Liberty Center. All righty. And because the computers seem real big fans of them.
0: Well, to be honest, that's probably a pretty good pick, but we shall see. We're not sure. That's what makes it fun. We're never quite sure, right? Moving to Division 6, and this is a game people have been waiting for since before the season started. And to be honest, there's never been a whole lot of doubt that this would be the inevitable state final game. Neither team has had too much trouble working their way through the playoffs. We have Kirtland undefeated at 15-0 against Marion Local, also undefeated at 15-0. Kirtland has 18% more computer points. Once again, the other computers don't really care about the computer points. Fantastic 50 likes Marion Local by 10 points. CalPreps also likes Marion Local by 10 points and predicts a 24-14 game. I'm not so sure that is wildly, overly optimistic on the number of points scored in this game, but we shall see.
1: You think it's low or do you think it's high?
0: I think it's way high. Really? Once again, no common opponents here. Marion Local now has 11 shutouts in their 15 games this year.
1: That would be why, yeah.
0: Kirtland has given up a total of 18 points in their five playoff games. Marion Local has given up a total of three points in their last nine games. So it's been over nine games since they've given up a touchdown. If I remember right, that field goal came at the hands of her sales when they met in the playoffs. This is the fourth meeting in a state championship game for these two teams. Kirtland won a couple of close ones. Kirtland won 22 20 in 2015 and again 16 7 in 2018. In between, Marion Local won a 34 11 game in 2017. That's when Marion Local had a big offensive lineman named Dirksen, John Dirksen, who went on to play at Notre Dame and they were able to outman Kirtland on the line of scrimmage. Something that has happened to Kirtland maybe never in the last 10 years other than that game. Just kind of also interesting, Kirtland has played three other MAC teams in state championship games. They won one and lost one against Coldwater, and they lost against Minster back in 2014 and against Versailles last year. Probably a useless but intriguing little stat here. In the three games between these two teams, the team that scored first is only one and two in those games. So it's not always been important to score first in these matchups. All right, Paul. You've probably heard of these teams forever, right? I have. Yes, sir. Kirkland, wow. They are a storied
2: program in the Northeast. Marion Local, obviously, in our backyard. I coached, or uh, excuse me, officiated Coach Goodwin at Allen East, officiated Coach Goodwin at Marine Local, friends with their defensive coordinator. They just do a fantastic job and obviously friends with a lot of people in Maria Stein. I think this is going to be a fantastic game, absolutely fantastic game. I probably – I don't know. I would just have to say Marion local just because they're in our backyard, but it's going to be, it's going to be a whale of a game and and I I wish the flyers good luck and hopefully they can, they can win this thing.
0: Well, and I probably shouldn't admit this publicly. We'll lose half the audience here, but as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I've always been a big fan of defense (laughs) and that Marion local defense is something to see. I don't, I just don't know if I can pick against it, nor do I really think I should. So I'm going with the Flyers.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to be picking the Flyers just for their locality and really unstoppable feeling that they're giving me. But also, I kind of root for Kirtland all of the time. <laughs> I want them to win so bad against the Mac teams, but I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I find kind of interesting, what I really like about Marion Local's defense is how good they are with those defensive backs, how well they can cover any receiver. I don't think they'll get a lot of practice against Kirtland. I don't think they're going to throw the ball much. So the question is, can Marion Local handle a team just trying to run it down their throats? I'm still betting they can, but it will be interesting to watch. Rebecca, I guess that means I have to put out the money to buy some of these games if I said I'm going to watch now, right?
1: Yeah. Buy a ticket, buy the recording, donate to the program, all would be appreciated.
0: If only I made any money on this, I could then deduct that as an expense, (laughs) but oh well.
1: (laughs) It's not quite a business, no. Maybe if we took that one sponsorship we got an email for.
0: One other thing about this game, Marion local fans are probably used to this by now, probably Kirtland fans are too. A 1030 a.m. start.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That that I don't know if that's an early morning, that's a real early morning bus ride or probably you think they could get someone at Marion at Maria Stein over there to donate for hotel rooms for the whole football team?
1: I'm sure there's someone who supports the football team who has the free cash to do so. I'm not convinced they don't think it's better for their character to get up early and do that
0: drive. (laughs) Right after they milk the cows, right?
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not so sure that the uh, the state doesn't chip in a little bit for the hotel rooms there. Do you know anything about that, Paul?
2: No, I don't. I don't. I, I think the biggest thing here you got to worry about is what happens if, you'd, if you would go that morning. Obviously, I believe that it'd go the night before or the day before to watch some other games. What happens if you have bus trouble or something like that? That would be a pretty sad... Uh, Sad answer that we didn't make it because we had trouble with the vehicle.
0: Although I think that would take one tweet and there would be 50 to a hundred cars from Maria Stein converging on that bus in a heartbeat to pick them up one by one. Totally agree with that too. (laughs) All right. Our final game in division seven, they get a sleep in. I think they start at like two o'clock or three o'clock or something like that. We have. Warren John F Kennedy 13 and 1 against New Bremen who's 12 and 3. If Marion Local wins the first game, New Bremen gets to follow up try to make it two wins for the Mac. If Marion Local loses then it's up to New Bremen to save the Mac's day. Warren JFK has 46% more computer points. I probably should look at that to see where all their computer points comes from, but I'm a little lazy for that sort of thing. Fantastic 50 though says it likes New Bremen by eight points in this game. Cal Preps also likes New Bremen by eight points and predicts a 22 to 14 final score. Again, no common opponents this year. This is a rematch of the 2020 state title game, which New Bremen won handily 31 to nothing. So we have both one team that knows they can beat the other one and the, and the other team out for vengeance. Now, if you've watched New Bremen this year, you know they spent a lot of time with quarterback David Homan running the ball. And when he doesn't, he hands off to, to a Hunter Schaefer. And they do a lot of damage on the ground. JFK only gave up 17 yards rushing to Newark Catholic last week. So this could be a test of strength on strength here. The New Bremen running game versus the JFK defense. By the way, Rebecca, I'm going to interrupt here. We actually had a question come in for the podcast this week. That never happens. No, it doesn't. Someone asked me if how I personally felt about New Bremen reaching this game. Was I happy or was I jealous as a Minster fan? Hmm. You want to take a guess at the which, which I prefer there, Rebecca?
1: I'm going to go happy. They're not entirely a direct competitor in all things. Inster certainly had our day in the sun, and we know pretty well we're not at the highest peak of our game this
0: year. Well, the answer I sent back was, I am happy, but I would prefer Nubreva not be this good every year.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) A good cycle. We love a handoff. (laughs) But generally, whenever the MAC does well, I'm, I'm pretty happy.
0: That's generally the case around here. And speaking of receiving a question, Rebecca, if anyone else ever wants to send us a question, where would they do it?
1: Very much so. If you have a burning question or even a rather idle one, you can send it to us at bdmonin at nktelco.net. Be happy to get that email. Or you can tweet it to us on Twitter at Bruce Monin. You could tweet it to me as well, but then, you know, you'd have to search a little bit harder.
0: You'd have to go on Twitter more often, although it sounds like you are during the football season here now.
1: I am on Twitter most of the time. I just don't tweet. Okay. That's how You're... I get my ice skating information.
0: Oh, okay. You're a lurker.
1: I'm a lurker. Have been for a long time.
0: Anything exciting on the ice skating front here this week, Rebecca?
1: We just finished up the last Grand Prix in the series before the final. So that was in Espo, Finland. And I believe the final is going to be in a week or two in uh, Torino, so Ooh, Torino, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: a little Italian ice skating action, huh? Should All be nice, right.
1: yeah. If you know, I not like I can go there. So the, the feed's just going to be the same indoor ice rink with the same people, but with the idea of Italy outside.
0: Now I think you could go there. You just may be a little cheap. Well, yeah. very much so Ah, i
1: do have the money to fly to italy and buy grand prix tickets and a hotel room for a full weekend but that is all of my money
0: (laughs) you're a good west central ohio person there rebecca hold on tight to that catch (laughs) but back to the game i think i know which way mr winglewitch the new Bremen grad and former player for the team is going to lean on this game, but let's go right to them to see if I'm right.
2: Yeah, you are right. Yeah. I hope the Cardinals can uh, finish a a stellar season or or good season. Let's say that, you know, they sure they fell to let's see Coldwater, I think, and Maria Stein. And I don't know who their other loss was to, but yeah, I hope they,
0: Go ahead. It was the Delphi St. John's, but it was one of those weird Week Ten games again. Thank you. I did re- now that you say that, I do remember.
2: Yeah, I, I went to see him play last week against LCC, and uh, they were trading scores for a while. And I think New Bremen ran them ran them out of gas a little bit. So hopefully the Cardinals can uh, finish this campaign, and I wish them well. And so I'm going to pick New Bremen All
0: right. personally. I look at this, and this feels like 2020 all over again, except now instead of New Bremen experience for the first time, they're all jaded, used to winning jaded. fans, right?
1: <laughs> not but, quite at Marion Local level.
0: Not quite that level, no. But just <laughs> like in 2020, beat LCC in the semifinal in a very similar sort of game. Just like in 2020, they are facing JFK in the finals. They beat JFK handily 2020. I think it'll be a lot closer this time, maybe even closer than the computers think, but I'm still taking New Bremen.
1: Yep, fully backing the Cardinals here. There's a a Mac power in the playoffs that really can't be fully denied. I think they've got it going for them.
0: My opinion's always when you get, some teams get it a little easier during the regular season and they don't really... They're not forced to improve. They can improve, but they're not forced to. When you play really tough competition a lot of weeks, you can't just hold steady. You have to keep improving or else you're going to lose. And I think that's kind of what happens to a lot of these MAC teams along the way. Does that sound right to you, Paul, or am I just blowing smoke there?
2: No, I think that's a very, very true statement. I think you got to buckle the chin straps every week to be competitive in the Midwest Athletic Conference. It shows on the state level with many schools getting the state finals. And here's just another example, having two schools from the Midwest athletic conference in the state championship game.
0: Now the counter argument to that is when you look at Kirtland, they tend to just breeze through their regular season every year, but they sure seem to still be awfully good through the playoffs every year. So.
2: Yeah, I don't know much about their schedule and, and, you know, that side of the state, but, you know, I, I wish them well too. They, they, to go 15 and zero. that's, that's pretty good. So you can't, you can't knock that either. Yep. Everybody they line up against, they win. So.
0: Yep. The goal of the game is to win. It doesn't matter by how much now, does it? That's correct. Well, that pretty much wraps up our state championship preview show. Anyone have anything else we want to add here?
1: I have a fun fact that Ooh, should probably right. be cut because it doesn't add anything. The new Bremen quarterback is Hunter Schaefer. Running is that back. that you said? Running, Running back. back. That's also the name of an actress in the Netflix Netflix TV series Euphoria, I believe. That doesn't mean anything for the football or anything. I just heard the name and I'm like, hmm, that's a famous person.
0: I, have I wonder to if admit- he gets that a lot. I don't know. I have to admit, that's a series I've never heard of. Would that be something that West Central Ohio people would know about?
1: Maybe Teenagers. It stars Zendaya, and she's pretty popular with the teens.
0: I've heard of that name. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's helpful or beneficial to the podcast in any way, Okay. but it did pop up in my brain.
0: (laughs) So that leaves us with just one more scheduled podcast this year, which will be our state championship review show. If we have a review show, that sounds like I should actually watch the state championship games again. Probably should. Yeah. (sighs) So much. We should
1: also probably schedule that podcast.
0: We are hoping for late next week. I don't think we'll get it out quite as early in the week as normal, but that's our goal. I still have to line up our guest. We'll find some coach who definitely watches all of the games. So we have more than just Rebecca and I with our random opinions here. Then, as usual, you can expect to hear from us a few times through the offseason whenever anything computer point related pops up in the news. So as soon as the new regions, new divisions, et cetera, come out, there should not be many changes this year. The state only does that every two years, and this will be the second year of the cycle. But the old competitive balance numbers will change a little depending on how much recruiting happens. or excuse me, how much moving of districts happens across the state. So until that time, first of all, thank you for being on, Paul. Oh, thanks for having me. We've never had an official before. We thought that was a sorely lacking part of our podcast. (laughs) I've noticed when we have coaches on, they tend to sound like uh, they tend to move around a lot sometimes and get around the state. As an official, I guess you can see a lot of the state without having to actually move, Right.
1: Yeah,
2: I travel a little bit or used to travel a little bit when I was in high school and mainly in the playoffs, you see, in different schools. But it's fun. I
0: enjoy, still enjoy it. So we'll keep at it for a couple more years. And maybe if anyone out there wants to volunteer, we can always use a few more officials, right? That is correct.
2: That is correct. We just keep getting older and Kids keep staying the same age. How's that all work?
0: <laughs> yeah, but at least it probably keeps you in shape, huh? Well, um,
2: yeah. I guess if you call round and old and slow a shape, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's still fun. Yeah, it keeps you keeps you active, keeps you going. It's fun during the during the warm weather when it gets cold like this. It gets tougher and tougher to get out on a on a Friday night.
1: Oh yeah.
0: You know, I have the same opinion about doing stats, to be honest.
1: (laughs) They don't exactly heat
0: the boxes. Well, occasionally. You got to love doing a game at Wapakoneta, I tell (laughs) you. But anyway, that wraps up this show. We'll see you next week and then occasionally in the offseason. And hope you've enjoyed this season so far here on Bruce Monin's Computer Points.